Make March Madness a moneymaker with MyBookie. Getting started is easy. Visit MyBookie online and use promo code ZABE to receive a deposit bonus up to $1,000. Grab your extra funds now and for a limited time, claim a free entry into the $150,000 MyBookie Madness Bracket Contest for a chance at the big money. If you're the type of guy who likes to fill out multiple brackets to get an advantage, you can do that too. The price of entry is less than an Uber, all for a shot at life-changing amounts of moolah. With so many brands to choose from, you need a platform that makes it simple to bet and simple to win and simple to get paid, like MyBookie. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie. You've heard me talk about Tacovas, the company carrying on all the time-honored traditions and quality you find in a great pair of cowboy boots. Well, longtime listener Jeremy emailed me to say, Zabe, I was on a work trip to Austin, knew about Tacovas from the podcast, stopped into the store. Next thing you know, I've got a damn good pair of boots and I'm looking sharp with a nice buzz to boot. Giddy up. Tacovas believes in Western for all. And you can feel that when you stop in one of their stores and get custom fitted for a new pair of boots. If you can't make it into the store, Tacovas delivers the most premium quality and the most comfortable Western goods right to your door. Visit Tacovas.com. That's T E C O V A S.com and point your toes west. And as a special opportunity for our listeners, Tacovas has said they will throw in one of their best selling trucker hats or ball caps for free into any minimum purchase of $100 at Tacovas.com. Just use promo code ZABE. That's promo code Charlie, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo, Echo at checkout. It's a $30 value and they sell out fast. Only at Tacovas.com. Damn it! What? That's good, right? No. I only bet ten. But you won. What did I say? What did I tell you? It's a short thing. You talk about this crap like it's science, Tony. I lost a lot of f***ing money. You didn't lose. We could have turned your bullshit into a f***ing million dollars. My bullshit? Never think I might know what I'm doing! I'll just call myself Mr. X. Yep, you can't go wrong with Mr. X. In a prime example of don't try this at home, kids, I went three and three. Mr. X not only hit his one pick here on this Wednesday afternoon, Wednesday night recording, but apparently the subscribers got a scintillating eight and two opening weekend. Congratulations, Mr. X. You and X2 are completely fucked. Because you're not going to do that again. So. <laughs> you're right. But that's okay because I, I, I have a note here that I put uh, gave to my assistant and said, close it down, no new subscribers. The problem is I just remembered I don't actually have an assistant. <laughs> oh, all right. So you're saying people uh, could still – can people still jump on the wagon or no? Uh, I, you know, if they still uh, had yeah, code, you know, I don't uh, know when I'm going to take it down. I don't know if I'll get to it. All right, okay. call me MrX.com, and what's the code? Zane, Charlie, Zulu. Alpha, Bravo, Echo. Well done, yeah. my friend. So just so you know good. this, uh, you know, you remember the old uh, Reagan saying with uh, uh, Gorbachev, trust but verify? 
Or was sure. that Kennedy with Khrushchev? Probably both. I think it was Kennedy with Khrushchev because it was the Cuban Missile Crisis, where it's like, trust okay. but verify. In other words, you can get those fucking missiles out of Cuba, aren't you? Oh, yes, yes, sir. yes, we'll do that, yes. <laughs> yeah, you fucking verify it. So you'd tell me you go eight and two, and i do one text to my group of miscreants, and I go, actually go eight and two for you guys this weekend? They go, yep. One guy said, I just picked the four I liked the best and went four and oh. And that guy immediately got buried by everybody else on the text thread saying, nice humble brag. <laughs> should we should we erect a statue for you? Do you want a medal for that? <laughs> no. no, it's just one week. I want to figure out who's on that thread, though, because I'm not sure who it is. You don't have to tell me. That's okay. It's a lot of the same bourbon guys. Okay. A lot of the Wisco okay. Mafia and assorted ne'er-do-wells. But anyway, I digress. There's got to be one thread where we can talk some shit behind your back, you know. Sure, that's okay. So that's the thread right there. You are in luck today because before we get into all the gambling aspects and the games this week, I got my mailbag with me, and it is full of stuff. So you all and right. I can go through the mailbag, and very little of it, is, if any, is of you, by the way. Oh, even so, better. Even better, all right. So this one from uh, Todd Ambrose saying... No bitch to me, in true Furio fashion. Hey, Steez, I've been a P1-er since 2014, and rather than wax poetic about how he discovered and immediately became hooked on everything Zabe, I'd rather ask for one predictable favor. See, I'm a dirty, dirty Cowboy fan, and while I am hopelessly optimistic about the boys' playoff future after Monday night's thrashing of the loat, all I can think about is Furio. Why? Well, correct me if I'm wrong, but the over-under was 45 and a half. So the 45-point total fell half a point shy of the over coming home. If you get the chance, could you please play the iconic bite of Furio taking the lollipop room and saying, I'm sure there was more than one person ruined by Mr. Maher and his count them, not one, not two, not three, but four missed extra points. You're the man, Zabe. Keep making it about you, and I'll keep on listening. Sincerely, Todd Ambrose. P.S. Excuse the grammatical errors as I partook in more than a few bourbons while writing this email. All that true, Mr. X? Yeah, well, Mara got he got the memo. We, we needed every one of those misses. Because <laughs> <laughs> you had the under. Yes, we did. Okay, well, he, he had the under. So he had the over. So guess yeah, what? Yeah. Nobody misses the extra point, right? Vikings. Nobody misses the extra point. So they had to do one little them. kick, and now I'm ruined. <laughs> <laughs> no bitch to me. Bet with your head. No over it. You know, a sure sign that I'm losing my fastball. This is the first time I've played that bite in the wake of that game. I didn't play it Tuesday morning. Didn't play it Wednesday morning on my show. Didn't play it on the podcast till now the fuck is wrong with me mr x how do i not see that coming anyway i digress uh this one from my friend ron turner certified college football referee says i just listened to you and hatch yesterday and that was the spot that you talked about underneath the uprights in most of my miak games we always looked at each other to make sure we both gave the same signal no matter what it was whoever has the ball over their upright is the one yelling yes or no. I said, I love it, Ron. Thanks for that mechanic. Uh, Hatch was talking about how when the, the field goal refs are like confused, you know, and they're trying to figure out if a ball went in or not. Because people talking about the one Brett Maher extra point that 
ticked off the upright, why wasn't that considered in? Then there was this. Uh, somebody said, uh, how about crossbar on the top as well as a crossbar on the bottom? Double, triple, quadruple doinks. I say more crossbar. Stuart Verdery with that email. Thoughts? The hell for? I, I don't know. Just so that you it's know if it goes in or not, I suppose. A crossbar on the top, it's just going to go over it. What's well, that that's the for? point is you have to then kick it through. You can't kick it too high. Can't, can't too kick high. it too low. Okay. All right. <laughs> All right. Uh, this one uh, regarding – I had a couple regarding guys who played to the point of embarrassment because we were talking about Brady and whether he was going to get to that point. 66 passes, Mr. X, and yeah. uh, highest of his career. Uh, this I said, so, so is this like Namath – or is this like uh, – uh, Willie Mays stumbling around the outfield. That was with the Mets, wasn't it? Yes. Okay. I think he, yes. when he was a Met. Uh, here's a yeah. couple more. Al Mazika. How about Joe Namath as a Ram? Oh, yeah. Do you remember that? I do. I How do. about Franco Harris as a Seahawk, says yeah. David Soboslay. The Chuck Knoll famous quote was, Franco who? He also said, you know, you, you need to know when it's time to get on with your life's work. Uh, thank you, David, a loyal one percenter. I, I forgot about the Franco as a Seahawk thing. How about, how about uh, do you remember where Art Monk finished? He was a Jet. Yes, he was. And a, was he an Eagle briefly? Oof, I only remember the Jet off the top of my head. Was Ricky Clark a, or Gary Clark a Brown? I'd have to look that up. I thought Gary Clark played for one other team besides the Redskins. He was absolutely. The bottom line is they always say, I'm not done. And they say, well, you are here. (laughs) And then somebody gives you a try and you realize the first team was right. Right. Uh, This one uh, regarding uh, my, I made a mistake on the emergency kicker. I said, you know, if kicking was so easy, because people were bitching about Maher, like, I don't know why you can't get a guy that never misses those. It's like, well, kicking is hard. It's an athletic act. And I said, if it, was, if it wasn't that hard, you'd have any position player do it. So we started talking about guys that are position players who could kick. And the name of Justin Reed came up. And I just, the first image I Googled was him as a Texan. He has since gone to the Kansas City Chiefs. And he was their emergency kicker this year when their uh, stud starting kicker got hurt, Harrison Butker, on a kickoff. He twisted his ankle. Was out for four weeks. This guy, uh, this guy, uh, Reed is so good. He kicked it out of the end zone on kickoffs, and he actually uh, hit all four PATs. Or no, I'm sorry, Butker did. Uh, but Reed came in, went one for two on PATs, did all yep. the kickoffs, and was really good. Well, how about this? Uh, it's funny you say that because I do think they overdo it. But hey, I'm a special teams coach. I make a lot of money. It's my job to overthink the heck out of a kickoff. But any athlete should be able to kick off. Maybe not kick, you know, through the uprights. I always said, give me an 11th guy that can tackle, that somebody can kick the ball. Do you remember there was a running back named MacArthur Lane? Don't remember. He was on the Cardinals. He was a good running back. He used to kick off. Wow. Okay. And it's like, why do I need some guy who's hopefully 
bumping the guy out of bounds on the sideline. <laughs> right. Ryan Evans, eleventh guy. Now, granted, right. unless you're playing Buffalo, everybody's covering kicks well now. Right. But sure, why can't you kick in the end zone and uh, have eleven tacklers? All right. Then there's uh, this from the same email from Dave Beru, my man. He says regarding Brady, look, the running game was terrible this year. The offensive line was subpar even though his starting center came back five months after tearing multiple ligaments in his knee on the second day of training camp. That was pretty impressive. But the running game was terrible, and the O-line was subpar, and as your boy Hatch or Ronis mentioned, he was missing not having a great tight end. The advanced stat metrics still like Brady. From footballoutsiders.com, he is eighth in DVOA, which is an efficiency stat that takes into account down and distance, quality of opponent, and he's currently 18th in QBR, which just measures traditional stats. Below average, but not terrible. It's still above Kyler Murray, Kenny Pickens, Kirk Cousins, and even Aaron Rodgers this year. Just saying regarding Brady. Brady might as well be politics, because you, you're not going to be convinced the other side is right. You're just not. Yeah. Dave also says, you may also remember I sent you an email a while back cataloging all the times Brady has been considered finished, starting in 2014. (laughs) (laughs) He certainly looked done in his last year of the Patriots, which ended with a 2019 playoff loss to the Titans where he threw for no touchdowns and a pick, plus a pick six to end the game. And a mere 209 yards on 37 squeezes. That year, his quarterback rating... And QBR were about the same as they were this year, FYI, on Brady. Where do you think he'll be next year? You know, I I can't predict him. I have a hard time finding a good spot for him because if you need a quarterback, you can't take a guy for just that's that that old and that near the end. For one year? If you truly are a we're one player away kind of team, is he really got enough left to justify that? I don't know. The only place I can really see I have is Tennessee. Okay, but I just I can see him going back with Vrabel. I, I don't know. So uh, apparently today the report came out that the uh, Jets are circling hiring Nathaniel Hackett as a coordinator, <laughs> and somebody tweeted, "This is great." Andy Herman, Andy Herman of Packet A Podcast said, "So in other words, another team is going to hire Hackett." and get a shitty Wilson as quarterback. <laughs> Does Hackett bring his um, game manager with him? Oh, I know. No, he said, yeah, he said, he said uh, another team is going to hire Hackett in hopes of landing Rogers only to uh, have to settle for a shitty Wilson instead at quarterback <laughs> from Russell Wilson to Zach Wilson. Pretty funny. Uh, this one from Mario Zangla. He says, Zabe, listening to the Smoot podcast and the Kirk debate about his last throw, that went short of the sticks, look at the replay of the play. You can see that there is an escape hatch if he leaves the pocket to the right. The debate is not just binary, such as throw it short or take a sack. Quarterbacks at his pay rate extend plays. You can't just make that throw, but if you do make it, you have to own it and say you were wrong to do it. Kirk, meanwhile, just equivocates. And for a dude who loves Jesus as much as he does, why doesn't he sacrifice about 10 to $15 million in salary so that his team can buy a couple of guards or defensive backs? It's not impossible to win with Kirk. It's just impossible to win with Kirk at his current salary. Keep up the great work, Mario. You have a, I thought Kirk had a great game, didn't you? 
I thought he was good. Yeah. Yeah, good. Yeah, the defense was never going to stop anybody of note. Daniel Jones went crazy. And uh, by the time, you know, the last play there, um, what's his name, Uh, for the the Giants, their D-tackle, their nose tackle was just running roughshod over everybody. Nobody could stop him. Uh, But, yeah, I mean, Kirk is not fast enough to be able to run away from guys out of the pocket. Uh, Joe Buchanan says, regarding Brock Purdy and his last two games, Hatcher said he hadn't played too well. Huh. Arizona, Purdy, QB rating of 141.2, highest of his career. Against Seattle in the playoffs, QB rating of 131.5, third highest of his career. How well did Purdy play, do you think? He's certainly in a great position. Uh, spot, you know, he doesn't have to. He played as good as you. Oh, actually, you know what? He was terrible the first half. First he half terrible. Left and right. Yeah. But he's on a team where he doesn't have to be great. Yeah. Uh, then there's this from uh, uh, John and Indy. I talked about the three point contest and the state of the art of three point shooting, just like the state of the art is it, and everything has been improving. And uh, he said, Zabe, you talked about Bird and then Hodges in the three point contest. Uh, that would be why am I having brain lock right now? The guy who finished up, uh, who who picked up the uh, uh, three point championships. He won three in a row. Oh, was it uh, Joe Harris? No, no. In the eighties, Hodges. Oh. oh yeah, Hodges. Craig Hodges. Craig, thank you. Both. Yes. Um, you mentioned. Bird in his classic line, which one of y'all is playing for second? And he won it three years in a row, then his back went out. After Hodges won it for the third year in a row, he said he's the best three-point shooter ever, and if Bird wants to challenge him, he knows where to find him. When that got back to Bird, he said, yeah, I know where to find him. Right at the end of the bench. I still <laughs> smile. <laughs> All right, uh, this one, uh, Josh Curlin. Zabe, you're missing a huge opportunity. You need a regular show and or regular podcast with Fred Smoot. I love all your cast of characters, but you and Smoot, Radio Gold, Jerry, Radio Gold. And then one more, this from from John Feely regarding bowling's last stand. Steve, a number of years ago on another Milwaukee radio station and show, you were singing the praises of a Christmas tree stand that you had bought that was so indestructible, it was branded as Bowling's Last Stand. The family name is Bowling, like the recreational activity, Bowling. And the Christmas tree stand is made out of solid iron with welded legs an absolute, you know, super hardware on it, so it would last forever. Well, let me tell you, I bought one of their stands, and every year I put it up, I think to myself, a tiger cub could climb the tree and it wouldn't matter, outside of the fact of, well, you now have a tiger in your house. Thanks again for the great recommendation, John Feely in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. It is a great stand. Like, <laughs> it wasn't cheap. It was like 110 bucks. But the whole point was... You will never buy another one because this thing is a fucking tank. All right. And there's the mailbag, Mr. X. Let's talk some gambling, shall we? All right. Don't sound so excited. 
Jesus, oh. am I boring you? Did that bore you? You're not having fun? I'm I'm working hard at not talking when you're talking. <laughs> well, don't two, don't let two, one don't let one asshole emailer get in your no, head. No, no, no. Two weeks ago, uh, I got an email that said, "Gee, you guys just tend to talk at the same time." And and if you could, and so last week I did a, a lot of pausing to make sure I didn't do it. And yeah. first thing you get is a note that says I'm half asleep. So I'm, I can't seem to All get right. the right balance. Okay. But we'll get there. All right. Let's start with the report of the guy who bet a live bet of 1.4 million to win 11 grand on the chargers when they were up 27 to nothing. The bet was released by, I think FanDuel or DraftKings. I forget which outfit they didn't associate the betters name with it. Some are questioning whether it could even be real because getting that large of a bet in in a live bet situation is not common nor easy. Others said, is it really smart business to release that even if you don't attach it to anyone's name? And I tend to agree with that theory because there's one person in the world that knows who was that fucking stupid, the guy who lost $1.4 Why rub his nose in it, Mr. X? Wow, there's a lot of angles on this one. First of all, you know, when you all the places that are legal to gamble in the United States are regulated. You know, the casinos always talk about the rules and, hey, it's regulated. I kind of wonder, I'm not as up on the new guys, but they have the same regulations. I, I kind of question if they can lie and say there's a bet that's not true. I guess it has to be true. Why would you put it out there? To show the rest of the worst betters in the world that there's a, a guys worse than them, maybe you know, I don't know why. And why are you taking that bet? I mean, I don't understand. Um, I how a, uh, they know, figured that, it was a good bet. They figured, look, you never know. It's fucking Brandon Staley. This guy chokes up I mean, leads all the time. Up to the window, do you got house credit? How are you freaking wiring a million dollars? I don't know. That I'm that kidding. was something someone else said. They're like the wire the wire transfer fees alone would have been like sixty yeah. grand. Yeah, to make a Zay, I, I got to digress for a real quick story that's dead on to this. When I first started. Um, shooting craps up in bangor maine yeah there's a casino in bangor maine and of course mr x found it yeah and they only have one table and sometimes half of it's closed it's very small time first couple of trips up there i kind of wondered why i wasn't getting any any help from the hosts room here a little credit there nothing and one night i talked to the pit boss late and he kind of said, yeah, welcome to Maine. You know, things are different up here. <laughs> and, and he talked about, we were chatting about what is it, you know, what does it take, levels of play, things. And he told me point blank, unlike casinos in other states, they track your losses. You know, most casinos track how much do you play. They know the wins and losses are going to come and go. They track, they want to know what's your volume. He said, here, we track your losses. And the bottom line is they're not after players. They're, they're after, after losers. They're after little old ladies with oxygen tanks pumping money into the slot machines every Friday. And so the point is when you lose, they give those those people rooms and whatnot. And they go by losses. And I've never seen that before. Now, the point of this is these guys now, you keep reading the stories about guys making $100 wagers and then getting shut off because of the whole, quote, 
professionalism and we want recreational gamblers. My question is this. If they can track guys spending a couple hundred bucks and say, yeah, they're on the wrong sides and they close their accounts, you always see those. Right. Do you want to be the guy who they take the bets from? Because clearly if they are, their logarithms can tell you who's a smart gambler, you can flip the page and tell me who's the dumbass gambler, right? So just like sure. the old ladies playing slots, getting free rooms, if they're taking million-dollar bet from you, they want your action probably. So maybe the flip side is if they're cutting off smart people with these these um, the DraftKings Vandals, do you are you proud of being a big customer? Yeah. Or are you like those ladies? Because if they know who the sharps are and they won't let you play, you know, it's like look around the table. Do you see the sucker? If you don't, it's you. Word is getting around of these new uh, entities in the market are cutting people yeah. off real quick. Right. So real like, quick. Hey, but they didn't cut me off. They took a million. Yeah. Cause you're a dumbass. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, tell people why that's a dumb bet to make. Well, if you got a million bucks in your pocket, do you need 11,000? <laughs> that's all I got to say. And, right. You know, the it's the, it's the, it's the need thing. You always yeah. position it in terms of, why do you need that extra eleven grand exactly? I mean, most people won't lay. Most gamblers won't lay three hundred or four hundred. You see somebody betting a money line favorite at minus five hundred, and our line is always, you know, if you're laying five to win one, I always say I don't need the one. Yeah, I don't need the one bad enough to lay five. Yeah, but I think I think they uh, they took the bet probably because they saw. The Vikings come back from the inconceivable lead, 33 to nothing, right, against the uh, Colts. And they know that the Chargers have a history of charging. And everything and anything that could possibly go wrong went wrong for the Jaguars in the first half. Well, think of it this way, okay? Flip the circle. Nobody, you say, why would a house take that? Flip the circle? Flip the flip the flip it over, whatever you call it. <laughs> flip would the card, flip take, the script, go to the other side of the table. Okay, go ahead. All of them. Would you take an eleven thousand bet to win a million? <laughs> a lot more likely than vice versa. So the house isn't sitting there going, "Oh, I think the Jags are going to come back." It's more like, "Okay, I'll take that shot at whatever right. thousands it is to one, because sooner or later you get the one." Yeah. I mean. They're they're what, what were they gonna they weren't gonna lose a million dollars they're gonna lose eleven grand right exactly <laughs> <laughs> was not going to affect their life one way or the other yeah, yeah. All right. right a guy betting a million dollars to win a million dollars that house isn't taken but in that case the house was only gonna lose eleven thousand dollars they'll take that yeah so a lot of times these odds are meant just to discourage people from even trying it. It's almost like sure. a, look, we, we don't want the action. You don't want the action. So here, here's the number. We're going to put it way up here. Now, now go find something reasonable to bet on. Exactly. All right. Summary of last week. Favorites went four and two, but they went two and four against the spread. Home teams went four and two straight up, but they also, home teams went two and four against the spread. The overs hit five of the six games. Would have been six if not for Maher. I went three and three, including missing Tampa Bay and missing the two games where I said, I'm not betting on that shitty quarterback in the postseason. 
it would have been a good thing to put your money on it because they actually acquitted themselves pretty well. You went 1-0 on the podcast here. Your pick was the Jaguars, and as you like to say, had it all along. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was a little ugly uh, around, uh, whatever, 9 o'clock on Saturday when the text start. you know, people start coming in. I signed up for this, and he's got the Jaguars. Yeah. Well, uh, but the website you know, they, with you and Next2 went 8-2, and uh, you say uh, still people can jump on board, so go to callmemrx.com, promo code ZABE. Go ahead. Yeah, I say that Charger game. I still haven't rewatched it. I'm going to rewatch it because – when people say to me, what happened? I really don't know. What did they do? They, I mean, I know they, what happened here, with the hole. I'll tell you, they, but, they they threw it 25 times. They ran it eight once they were in the second half. Inexcusable. Yeah. Run, 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 punt. Run, 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 punt. Run, 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 punt. Before you know it, this whole thing will be over. The fuck are you doing? Yeah, and then when you do that, everybody says, why'd you crawl in a shell? I mean, I don't know. To win the game. Again, but it, it was a perfect storm. The, the other thing is, I mean, the Jags handed them the points early. It's not like the Chargers were playing well, so to speak. I mean, their defense was, but they handed them all those points. What was it the first time, I think, in even counting regular season, that a team has ever won the game losing the turnover battle by five? Five. Yeah, it's never happened before. Yeah. But one, when you have that comeback, it's because they're turning the ball over. They they just said, "Hey, let's not turn it over. We got this." Uh, no, you don't. Yeah. Well, it's a little thing here. It's a little thing there that always adds up. And in this case, it was, "Oh, whoops! You missed a field goal that hooked at the last second. All right, that's probably not going to matter. Oops! Uh, Joey Bosa had another tantrum, cost his team a yard. That's it from the two yard line to the one yard line." That was all it took for Peterson to go, fuck it, let's go for uh, two, and he did. And, uh, you know, uh, Trevor Lawrence being 6'6 with long arms, freelanced it, put the ball in. And then next thing you know, they're losing at the gun. (laughs) The great thing was the Jaguars led for exactly zero minutes and zero seconds of that whole game. They never had the lead with anything but zeros on the clock. Hilarious. Classic game. It's a good thing we had Al Michaels on it. Okay. Your thoughts on that, because I feel like I've been vindicated about what I've been saying about Michaels for a long time. Well, I I don't know. I think they started doing the 27 to nothing, ho-hum, what other things can we talk about to keep people interested because it's not this game. Okay. And they just never changed gear. <laughs> they never got into it. They never realized, like, you know what? we got to get back into this game. Do you see what's going on here? I mean, by the way, that last kick, um, you know, they kind of sat on it and went for the field goal. And he that thing faded, and I thought it was going to miss. I thought so, there too. Was absolutely nothing other than well, there is a flag. Oh, wait. It's on the defense. Yeah. It's terrible. What is That's it? it? What does a guy like X2 who didn't grow up on Al Michaels like we did think of Al Michaels? You know, the only thing I can say is he always says to me, your generation gives a shit who's announcing and what they're saying. (laughs) We don't. (laughs) 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 He always says, I don't even know the names. I don't care. Yeah. So. Okay. Um, The uh, uh, Bosa after the game also ripped the referees. For his two personal fouls saying, oh, but there's, but they're there saying, you know, fuck that guy. Ha, ha, ha. We got him. 15-yard penalty. What a loser. You're the loser, dum-dum. 
Yeah. By the way, why in the world did he get two unsportsman likes and not get ejected? I've never seen an explanation of Because that. apparently there's different categories. Sounds like double secret probation. It maybe. yes, it does, <laughs> which is crazy. One was abuse of the officials because he said something, and head referee Sean Smith walked back and said, What? and then threw the flag. Yeah. The other one was just him smashing his helmet two feet in bounds. Had he stepped another three feet onto the white chalk, he could have smashed that helmet into a thousand pieces. Would not have been a penalty. Well, you know, they always say on the first one, they always say that's his first unsportsmanlike conduct. Right. To me, that implies you only got one more. I don't know if there's categories, but I think the category is called it's a playoff game and it's their best player and we're going to make something up. I don't think there's two categories. Yeah. That's the first time I've ever heard that one. No, so I, I, yeah, okay, go ahead. I'm so tired of the excuse of the coaches and the players. Well, you got to understand, it's really tense and emotions fly. What? So what? <laughs> it's called sports. <laughs> it's I called mean, playoff what? football. I mean, it, everyone has to control their emotions. That's why you're a hello professional. Oh, it was the only borderline call of the right. day. Right. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The only borderline call. Oh, yeah. It was the only guy frustrated. It for something yeah. that didn't go his way in the game. Oh, right. You're the only one who really cares. Nobody else does. Here's Joey Bosa. I need to be more accountable for my actions, obviously, but it's, uh, but. it's a heated game. I think there just needs to be more accountability on... Uh, I mean, if I say something to them, I get a $40,000 fine, but if they blow a call that ruins an entire team's season, they get to... They're probably back... In the locker room after the game, like, I got that. Oh, yeah, got him. 15 yards, what a loser. I guarantee it. That's what they're fucking talking like. What a petulant baby he is. Yeah, I want more accountability. You know, when they make a mistake, what? They make a mistake. Just like when you make a mistake, miss a tackle, jump off sides, take a bad lane. It's a fucking mistake. You're human, they're human. This this notion of there's no accountability for the referees is the most tired and stupid thing ever because these players have probably very little idea the amount of post-game and midweek bullshit and paperwork and review and film study that they are run through by the league supervisors. It's unbelievable. There's tons of accountability. That was the thing in youth sports I used to have to face all the time. Parents would always, every misbehaved child had a parent that said, Coach, you don't understand. He really is intense and wants to win. And I'm like, and? And, right. (laughs) It's got nothing to do with the behavior. Every kid out there wants to win. Every player on the Chargers wanted to win. You know, by the way, that game, I don't know if anybody talked about this. I have not. You know, when people talk about penalties, they they like to think they're smart. I'm sorry. Nobody's smarter than someone who has watched every single game and play of the year. And I can't tell you what should and shouldn't be a penalty. But I can tell you what usually is and is not called. Absolutely. Yes. I've watched it. And you can sit there next to me and say, that's not P.I. And I'll say, four out of five times they call that. I mean, it's what happens. I've watched it. And you know what? That game, the Chargers secondary was making more contact, illegal contact, holding, whichever you want to call it, than any game I've seen 
since the famous Belichick game against Peyton Manning when they changed the rule because they were like, we don't want our receivers being manhandled like this. They got away with it all day long, and what little analysis there was from Michaels and Donji would go, yeah, kind of looks like holding to me. (laughs) They were barely saying it. And clearly the Chargers' game plan was – the one dude got, what, two or three picks, and in almost every one – you know, the flag could be thrown. So I thought it was real ironic at the very end to blow the game and say the rest missed the call when that crew let them at it, let them play all day long. Did they miss a holding call on Bosa? Sure. Did they miss 15 holding calls in the secondary? Yeah. Relax. You all know, right. everybody can't go off on them. If 2024 is the year you're jetting off to a new country or even just want to expand your language skills beyond English, then I urge you to check out Rosetta Stone today. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program for over 30 years. Why? Because it works. Instead of drilling vocabulary words, with Rosetta Stone you learn by matching audio from native speakers to visuals, reading stories, participating in dialogues, and other practical language skills that fast-track your ability to communicate fluently. Not only is it a more effective way to learn, it's more fun. Rosetta Stone's advanced voice recognition technology gives you feedback on how well you pronounce words. Other language learning apps use speech recognition to detect what you said. Rosetta Stone tells you how well you said it. Rosetta Stone offers 25 languages with lessons available on your computer, phone, or tablet. And with a lifetime membership, you get forever access to all the lessons for all the languages and never pay a renewal fee. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, ZabeCast listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today. You know, we're driven by the search for better. When it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't help you just hire faster. 93% of employers agree. Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. This according to a recent Indeed survey. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Zabe. Just go to Indeed.com slash Zabe right now and support the show by saying you heard about it right here on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Zabe. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Quick thoughts on Bill's Chargers. Boy Wonder, who's had problems all year long getting plays in, fails to get a play in with not just a 35-second clock, but also a 24-second pump up of the clock, and Mike McDaniel, not his best moment. I'm sorry, you mean the Dolphins? Yes, the Dolphins. You said Bill Stewart. Um, Well, his excuse was he thought, he said, the guys in his ear told him it was a first down, and he was preparing for it. Halfway through, he realized, no, it's fourth down. It's okay. 
maybe if you hadn't wasted the other two timeouts, it wouldn't have been three timeouts. They wasted them all all day. It was horrible. How about so, don't care? Like, yes. literally, it doesn't matter. And if you had a coach who blurted into the comms, it's first down. You find out who it is, you fire his ass. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, it was inexcusable. What they And for reasons I never understand, they reset the play clock halfway through, so they mm. gave him an extra amount of time. The guy, I think they said they got 54 seconds and yeah. couldn't get it off. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, I've never, no, it's, like, I can say I've never seen that before. Have you? Uh I don't think so. Not 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 a thirty-five not. plus a reset. I've never, especially on a fourth and one, with the game in the balance. Never seen that before. What do you think of the Baltimore Cincinnati fumble in the jungle? They're calling it. <laughs> not only the play call itself on third and goal, but also um, Tyler Huntley's decision to try to become Marcus Allen, who was great at that thing, jumping over everybody, but he ain't Marcus Allen. And then the no call on what looked like a clear push in the back <laughs> on the did. return. Well, I'll be honest. I needed that touchdown. <laughs> so I, why do I say that? Not to gloat, but because when someone tells you they had a huge position on the game and you need that, you're wearing different colored glasses. I mean, you don't see it just right. But I'm, the whole time he's running downfield, I see it coming. I'm going, don't push him. Don't push him. Don't push him. <laughs> oh, crap. He pushed him. Oh, good. They didn't call it. And Why? then immediately puts his hands up. Oh, that's the kiss of death. As uh, soon as he threw the hands up, I'm like, that's it. You're like, they're off. so going to call it because he's got a guilty mind. <laughs> yeah, you can't say, ref, why'd you do that? You're like, he threw his hands up. Okay, and next case. If that, he does that, he yeah. did it. That said, so. uh, Dean Blandino, uh, former uh, head of officiating, said he liked the no call. Here's his video. Cincinnati, what a swing of emotions. Game is tied. Baltimore's going in to score the go-ahead touchdown. Instead, we get a 98-yard fumble return by local boy Sam Hubbard. Huntley fumbles at the goal line. Hubbard picks it up, goes 98 yards, and Cincinnati takes the lead. But a couple things on this play. Mark Andrews, what an incredible job. Talk about never giving up. And Mark Andrews runs down Hubbard and is in position to potentially make a touchdown saving tackle. He gets contacted by Bailey, a little bit of a push in the back. It was really close. A lot of people thought it should have been a flag. Look, this is a tough one. I'm not going to sit here and say it was or it wasn't. It's one of those in between. And when it's in between, you don't want the official to make that call. You want it to be clear. There was some contact on the side. There was some contact on the back. Was it a push? Did Andrews just run out of gas because of the incredible effort that he put forth on no. that play? It was really close. And if- no, he was pushed down. I'm, I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure in saying that. Yeah, that's a terrible explanation. He might as well have just said, "Yeah." But but why Huntley? I didn't have a problem with a quarterback sneak. I, I'm not a Harbaugh guy, but people saying that's a bad do you, call. Do you that's want a good call? Do you want him no reaching told- though? Because no, you know. Just- Belichick coaches his guys to never reach for the pylon, never reach for the goal line, because you're putting the ball at risk. Right. Well, the the, uh, the uh, we had that argument, and my answer is he called the sneak. 
he didn't say stick the ball out. I guarantee that's not part of the play call. Right. The only time you stick the ball out like that is fourth down or the two-pointer like Trevor Lawrence. Right. If it's your last go, you take that chance. If it's – he had a full yard and a smidge more – yeah, I mean, he wasn't anywhere close to that goal line. It made no sense. But it did show you the only way to defense that down on the goal line because they, when they're closer is just have quick hands and punch it out. But, All right. No. Yeah. One more was... one more post-mortem before we get to this week's games. Uh, Todd Bowles, uh, Buccaneers, yeah. the Maher misses. Thoughts on the Monday night game? Yeah, I'm going to have to rethink. I've been a Bowles guy since – Gosh, way back. I've always thought he was a great defensive coordinator, would make a great head coach. That team is not that untalented to finish the year 8-10. and 10. I mean, if they were in any other division, you'd be talking about why they were horrible. Well, they're still talking about why they're horrible. It's not all about – that is a poorly coached team. I, I feel like they made – no adjustments during the season. More, just, more importantly, they basically just showed up dead flat. There was no emotion, and that reflects the coach because he is Todd yeah. Bowles is death warmed yeah. over in terms yeah. of personality. I think he's yeah. the classic coordinator. He'll go back to being a coordinator. He'll be great for the rest of his career. He's now had two shots to be a head coach. It has not worked out. Yeah, it's one thing when you get a shot, you know, and take over, you know, the two and fourteen team. But you take over a, a team that was, you know, a, a, a play away from advancing last year in the Ram game. Yeah, you know, was, you know, you took over a team that's supposed to be good. You can't fall that fast. You got Richie Pettibone looking like I don't know. Yeah, right. that's not – Maurer was – I mean, as I was getting texts all night like, wow, Maurer's on the X payroll. <laughs> got, I just responded to everyone. He got the memo. He got, he got the memo. The memo. <laughs> that's 0-4. You can't do that. Well, he did, and it happens. We'll see. Now, now every kick this weekend against the Niners in that final game of the weekend, uh, Cowboy fans will be watching it through their fingers. <laughs> like, oh, shit, here we go. I can't remember a kicker getting yips like that. Can you? Um, the great um, Packers kicker, Mason Crosby, missed three field goals and an extra point in Detroit a couple of years back. Indoors missed that, three three field goals and an extra point. Um, there's been a couple yeah. others. Uh, Ian Howfield, remember him for the Oilers, missed three extra points the week before he came to Washington. And the Oilers had a chance with just a little chip shot field goal, like a 32-yarder, to win. And Howfield shanked it, and they cut him. He had been kicking for this like Texas Wranglers semi-pro team before he was signed. And he gave this tearful press conference like, I just didn't want to let my team down, and I'm just so sorry, and I'm probably never going to play in the league again. Good idea. He never did play in the league again. Maybe you were, but you're not now. <laughs> right. I remember Zen, one of the Zendejas getting signed and going two for five for Washington. Uh, yes, there was Max, there was what? Luis, yeah. and then I think there was a third. And the one of the Zendejas brothers uh, blew out his knee celebrating. Remember? That was Gramatica. Oh, you're right. That was uh, Gramatica. Yeah. Uh, Max, Joaquin, and Luis. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. Why is there a mugshot of one of 
the Zendejas brothers. Well, they got into that spot late where they were a fourth and like five. And, uh, and it, when he, um, McCarthy decided to abandon the field goal and go on fourth and five, that told me that he was already fired. I thought he was going to be cut the next day because they're like, that's it. You're not even kicking. Because I looked at uh, my son and I said, why aren't they kicking a field goal here? They're close. It's no different than an extra point. Whoops. Right. Oh, uh, Tony Zendejas. Tony. Tony Zendejas found not guilty on charges. He raped and sodomized a woman in a hotel room after allegedly drugging her. Damn, I didn't remember that story. Well, shit. Well, good for him that he was uh, he got off the hook there. But okay, uh, there you go. Enough of that. Okay, let's get to this weekend's game, shall we? We got a four banger, and this is always the weekend where we take a pause and go. All right, do you want to gamble and pretend you're smart? Or do you want to play the odds as to what historically happens on this weekend? Remind everybody what the historical trend is when we get down to just four games. Well, yeah, I know where you're going. It doesn't really apply anymore. It used to apply when you had four by teams. Got it. Now that we're down to two, it hasn't been holding, you know, it doesn't hold true. It used to be. When they used to have, uh, you know, the two buys in each conference, four by teams, um, the four by teams would would always route. Um, okay, but that that hasn't held true the last many years, last few years. You know? All right, the uh, by the way, the seven seed in just two years is now zero and six, and they're getting beat by an average of twelve points per game. That's okay. Not every TV show can be great, but we're still watching. <laughs> you need some bridge episodes in the TV show about quarterbacks to get you from one point of the plot to the other. So there you go. Somebody uh, texted me saying, do you think the NFL made a mistake? I go, no, they made money. That's what they made. Not a mistake. Yeah. Money is never a mistake. <laughs> they made money with extra television products. So we'll start uh, chronologically, right? Saturday. Sure. Saturday afternoon, Jacksonville. At Kansas City, the Chiefs minus eight and a half total is fifty-two and a hook. Yeah, you know the Chiefs are fourteen and three, of course, but they have not been a cover team all year. They're six and eleven against the number, and only two of their last eight. They have everybody loves taking KC and laying points. It has not worked so far this year. I'm not doing it myself. I'm going to take the Jaguars plus the eight and a half, and ride with Trevor Lawrence and uh, Doug Peterson for one more week. Uh, All right. Okay. Afternoon game, or evening game on Saturday, Giants at Philly. Season series. By the way, uh, Philly is minus seven and a half. What did these two teams do in the regular season? Well, they played uh, early December, and Philly smoked them, what, like 48-20 off the top of my head. Um then they played that last week game that was just too nothing that you can judge because Giants used the practice squad quarterback. Okay, Philly dominated them and then laid down. But um, but Philly, you know, Philly fourteen and three. They were only eight and nine versus the spread this year. Um, Giants are the best cover team. We said on the show last week the Giants would cover. They they're now fourteen and four against the number this year. They they are number one in the NFL against the spread. But Philly's rested. That one I'm looking forward to. That's the, it's cliche, but these division matchups in the playoffs, they don't ever seem to be blowouts. Yeah. I'm taking, the, I'm taking the Giants plus seven and a half in this one. Total is 48 and a hook. The third game, Sunday we go. Sunday, Sunday, 
Cincinnati at Buffalo, Bills minus four and a half. Total is 48 and a half. It's down from 50 and a half. This one is my five-star divisional round lock of the week. If I'm wrong on this one, you get next week's championship round absolutely free on a recorded 1-800-MESSAGE. I promise. Will you throw in the NBA? I'll throw in the NBA as well because it doesn't matter because I'm going to win this game. I am on Cincinnati plus the four and a half for the legal limit. The Bills are coasting on the reputation of what they were not just last year, but the year before that. This is not the best version of the Bills in the last three years. And I'm sorry, Josh Allen's a fun guy to watch. He's a great quarterback. He's making way too many mistakes. And here's the edge I think is going to be in play here. Cincinnati is fucking pissed. They're pissed about the game being interrupted and not getting to play it. They're pissed about the fact if they win this game, they've got to go on the road, we presume, to Kansas City when they could have had home field, depending on if that played out. They're going to play angry. Uh, They've got problems on their offensive line with injuries, which I know are a factor. But Joe fucking Burrow, I'm on it, baby. Give me the Bengals plus the four and a half for the legal limit. I agree with you that Buffalo is a very overrated team this year. They have not been good against the number. They they have Josh Allen is is making an absurd amount of mistakes. In fact, I know you'll probably not agree with this, but I say Josh Allen reminds me a lot of a kind of a young Brett Favre. When Brett Favre was young and making phenomenal plays and the Packers became good and then they'd lose to the Cowboys. Everyone would say, you know, as soon as he stops making mistakes, he's going to be a great quarterback. (laughs) And you know what? He never stopped. And I had this argument one time, and somebody looked it up to prove me right. Decade later, when Reggie White and the defense came to town, Green Bay won a couple Super Bowls. And he actually threw more picks, you know, late in his career when they were winning Super Bowls than he did when he was a youngster that supposedly had no discipline throwing the ball. He never got better. The team just got better. Allen worries me that he's one of those run around, try to make great plays, and he just keeps making critical mistakes. That's for yeah. sure. Uh, Green Bay won one Super Bowl with uh, Favre, but yes. Well, they went to couple. back-to-back is what they I went, They went to two. They lost the second one to the uh, Broncos, right. the game where Terrell Davis had a migraine. They still won the game. So there you go. Okay, and then finally, Sunday night. It's a classic. Niners-Cowboys. Like the old heavyweight showdowns in the early to mid-90s, Mr. X, where they were swapping great players left and right in free agency. San Francisco is minus three. Total is 45 and a hook. And you say it's approaching PTA status in that it opened at four and the public likes San Francisco. What is PTA status? Plane, trains, and automobiles. Oh, okay. You're going the wrong way. If yeah. if the public loves San Fran and the line opened at four and it's going the wrong way, you're going the wrong way, why? What does that mean? Because I like San Francisco as well. Yeah, it's. I said approaching because I'm not going to call this PTA status because it moved too quickly from four to three and a half and then three. And 
I'm not, and it's not a huge public. So I, it's not going the wrong way. It's just facing. (laughs) It's facing the wrong way. Okay. We'll have to watch that. It is very peculiar. Um, I think in my mind, it's an overreaction to good Dak on Monday night. I mean, there's good Dak and there's bad Dak. Right. And, he is as up and down as anybody. I don't know why he doesn't get more criticism for that. He he, When he is bad, he throws games away. And this is a defense that is pretty tough. I, I, don't, I think it's too much of a reaction to Dallas winning on um, Monday night, and it just snuck down from four down to three. But it would be interesting to see where that line ends up on Saturday. All right, I'm on the Five Niners. Four. I'm on the Niners minus three. So I've got three dogs – and the Niners in this divisional round. What is the one selection you're going to give right here on the podcast? I am going to stick with the Jaguars, plus eight and a half. I think they'll find a way to play with Kansas City. Okay. And if something crazy happens like this week, you will say, with a Cheshire Cat grin, had it all the way. (laughs) That sounds like a plan. (laughs) <laughs> All right, call me MrX.com for more, as always. Uh, thank you for joining us and right. listening. Uh, as always, Mr. X, only bet as much as you can afford to win, and winning is nice if you're betting with buddies, but getting paid even nicer. Keep that in mind. All right, All right man, we'll see you next week. Thank you. There you go. Make March Madness a moneymaker with MyBookie. Getting started is easy. Visit MyBookie online and use promo code ZABE to receive a deposit bonus up to $1,000. Grab your extra funds now and for a limited time, claim a free entry into the $150,000 MyBookie Madness Bracket Contest for a chance at the big money. If you're the type of guy who likes to fill out multiple brackets to get an advantage, you can do that too. The price of entry is less than an Uber, all for a shot at life-changing amounts of moolah. With so many brands to choose from, you need a platform that makes it simple to bet and simple to win and simple to get paid, like my bookie. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with my bookie.